Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun, and Chris Cervello is our producer. Today is 420, April 20th. Um, yeah, for those of you who do the 420 thing, enjoy it. But we're here to talk about the Naval Academy and Naval Academy sports and what the physical mission does to create leaders of character and consequence in the fleet, Marine Corps, and beyond. And today's show is amazing. It is the lead up to probably the biggest Army-Navy week this side of football season. Uh, we have baseball taking on Army this weekend. We have women's lacrosse taking on Army this weekend and men's lacrosse taking on Army, in addition to rugby playing in the D1 uh, playoffs semifinals. They are chasing a little national title. Uh, but Let's get down to business. We have a great interview with Cindy Timschel and freshman phenom Ava Yovino later on in the show. And we also have an amazing interview with Dominic Nicolini. He's the 2002 baseball captain. We'll be in town this weekend for a really special event uh, to commemorate one of his, his former teammates uh, and a class of 04 grad who unfortunately lost his life, Andy Freustad. But Wags, Let's get down to business right away. It was a really eventful weekend this past weekend. Women's lacrosse beat up on Holy Cross 22 to 9. Uh, men's lacrosse had a big win against Lafayette, avoided a little bit of an upset before Army there. Uh, and men's rugby, as we said, they're playing in the one D uh, in the D1 semifinals because they punked Army 30 to 6 in the uh, quarterfinals. But Wags, we always kind of start with lacrosse. Uh, we're going to have Cindy and Ava Yavino break down Holy Cross a little bit more. But tell us how the men defeated Lafayette. Well, you know, it was a really interesting game, John. Just to begin with, it was delayed by two hours. It was supposed to be a 3.30 start. They did not get underway till 5.30. And, you know, we found out later from Navy assistant coach John Orson, and I'll get into why I was talking to John Orson after the game, uh, but he said that, both coaching staffs were probably wondering what were they going to get when you have players lying around the locker room for two hours. And I asked Jackson Bonnets, what did you do for two hours? He said, some people slept. Some people went out in the uh, uh, underneath the stadium and threw the ball against the wall. Other guys listened to their music. But I mean, two hours when you, you get all pumped up, they had already warmed up. You got to realize it's not like they knew there was going to be a delay. They were on schedule to start at 3.30. And then all of a sudden, there was a lightning strike and uh, continued activity around the area caused the game to be postponed. So it was really strange. And then Navy came out, came out and jumped all over uh, Lafayette and was up three to nothing. And then it just the offense fizzled. It, it just I don't even know how to describe it, John. It just, you know, they went into a, a shell, a hibernation. I mean, they ended up scoring three goals over the next like 40 minutes. 
And so Navy really had to come up with a 3-0 run in the fourth quarter to pull this game out. And, you know, Lafayette is better than they have been. Uh, They're well coached. They play a unique brand of lacrosse. They play this defense where they go in and out of zone, man-to-man zone. It's very funky and it's difficult to deal with. But Navy should be beating Lafayette by a little more convincing score. Now, I mentioned John Orson. Joe Amplo did not come out of the locker room uh, for the second half. And apparently he, uh, I, I never did get the full story. Somebody mentioned he getting to him, but uh, John Orson coached the team in the second half. And then he handled the post-game presser, which was rather unique. Yeah, it, it seemed like kind of a tough game to watch, uh, right, Wags? I mean, it was it was just disjointed. Like you said, the offense went into hibernation, but hey, a win is a win is a win. And now next up for them is that little Saturday night matchup against Army, which is going to be ugly, ladies and gentlemen. The weather is going to be crap. And uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe the boys like it. Yeah, kind of wet and nasty, but uh, that, that's going to be something to look out for. We cannot lose sight also, ladies and gentlemen, about the fact that men's tennis also beat Army over last weekend, four to three. We are turning around this star series. If you remember, I think we were like four and five coming out of the fall. Things looked a little gloomy and now we're just punking Army all over the place, which is sort of how we like it. Baseball also had a really amazing weekend. They lost the first one to Lafayette on Saturday, turned around and won 9-6, and then won the series with a 10-4 victory um, on Sunday. Unfortunately, Wags, and maybe you can kind of discuss it really quick, they went up to Lewisburg for that weird midweek Wednesday game yesterday uh, and dropped a 5-1 decision there. They're still sitting pretty good in the Patriot League, but now with Army coming to call this weekend and weather looking a little dicey on Saturday – not only do we want to win the star, but we really have to do this for good placement in the Patriot League, right? Yeah, John, that was a disappointing loss at Bucknell. And I, I still have not figured out why they throw this weird midweek game in. It's, it's so off your normal schedule. You set up everything to have your top starters ready for the weekend. So it's, it's really a weird game. But Army and Navy are atop the table of the Patriot League standings. This is... Winner take all. It's a star series, you know, three games. Uh, it, this is big for not only bragging rights between Army and Navy, but as you mentioned, standing, seating. And uh, Army has been really doing a good job of getting high seeds and usually having home games during the Patriot League tournament. Army's got a good program. Um, so, a big, big weekend coming up for baseball. One thing I was going to mention about women's across and you all may have talked about it but one one thing i thought was really fun and interesting about that uh lafayette victory 22-9 route was that cindy timshaw started some seniors she does that all the time on senior day so seniors that have not played much get to start and two of them attackers maggie allmiller and eloise gebert both scored goals early so that's kind of cool that the seniors who got their special start on senior day are the ones that jump-started Navy. Yeah, and Cindy and Ava will uh, will address that in detail here in our next interview. Before we go to the first break, one more result that we have to talk about in a pretty cool event this past week uh, was the CIC Cup. 
um, played out there. The commander in chief's cup was held Monday and Tuesday at the Robert Trent Jones golf club in Gainesville, Virginia. It featured army Navy and air force. Uh, this is a really special event. It was back after, you know, a pretty long, uh, sojourn there. It rekindled the competition between the three service academies that was previously named the service Academy golf classic, but it wasn't played between 2012 and this past week. Really, really happy to have Billy Hurley on. It always warms our heart in that guest number one on pod number one in the existence of Sing Second Sports is Billy Hurley. And we continue to bother him despite his efforts to keep his distance. But Billy, you were out there with the soup, with the golf team. You got to watch a really, really special event at a great course. You know, what was it like to be a part of bringing this type of thing back? It, it was really special. You know, uh, we knew we had a good concept. Um, you know, when, when I was approached by a couple of guys to, to work on bringing this back, uh, you know, almost two years ago, we started kind of kind of the first uh, brainstorm meeting to, to, to bring it back. And we knew we had something special, but I think that it exceeded everyone's expectations. And, you know, like you mentioned, John, I, I played this event when, when I was a mid and, um, won the tournament in, in 2003 uh, during my first year, but, but then the event fizzled and, and, and kind of died for, for no good reason really, other than just the founding generals who were running it kind of aged out and and ultimately passed away and, and no one really picked up the torch. And so we got a group together, you know, we've, we've got a, a board um, and, and we've kind of picked the torch up and, and reignited it, rebranded it now as the commander in chief's cup kind of a la commander in chief's trophy for football. You know, want to kind of um, you know, we, we've got a, we've got a great thing going and, it was really cool to see the mids and the cadets from from West Point and Air Force uh, compete out there and get to get to play a world class golf course. You know, that's one of the other missions of this is to bring it to world class facilities year in and year out and give the mids and the cadets a you know elevated collegiate golf experience. Well, elevated collegiate golf experience. <laughs> RTJ is certainly that out there in Gainesville, and I know that that's you know close to where uh, to where you grew up. It was, you know, really looking bleak there after the first day. Army held a nine-stroke advantage. And then, ladies and gentlemen, Navy went off on Tuesday um, as a team shooting a plus 17, 449. Guys, I shoot plus 17 in one round as an individual. Um, but Navy came back. They pulled even with the Black Knights. And then, I don't know, I mean, Billy, maybe you can enlighten us here. But then it came down to, like, seventh best score in round three army had an 80 maybe had an 82 and then army that's what broke the tie like were you guys talking out there about maybe doing it a little bit like the uh, member guest at navy you just you just go to a little playoff go to 18 and 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 see what happens how, how did that whole thing play out yeah so it's a unique format in that we have uh it's it's eight count six uh, for the Commander in Chief's Cup, and you know normal college golf events are five count four. So the the the, the numbers you know one thousand one hundred and sixty strokes taken is a, is kind of a, a crazy number, but it's because we're counting six scores each round, um, and, and we did that just to you know have more um, you know academy golfers be able to participate and be able to be part of it, you know, and, and bring kind of eight from each school to 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 experience it and, and have this and have this tournament under their belts. But 
So unfortunately, that was a predetermined decision. You know, that was a that was a board meeting, you know, decision with the coaches. Uh, you know, how do we want to settle a tie? Should it come to it? And it's amazing at 1160 strokes that you can have a tie over 18 <laughs> rounds of golf being counted that you can actually come out, you know, even. Um, you kind of thought like this provision doesn't matter. It can't possibly happen, right? Um, but that, you know, I, I texted the board and was like, whose idea was this seven score thing anyway? Like, you, you know, uh, at the, at the end of it, but, um, you know, that was a predetermined decision. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, with, with travel schedules and, you know, obviously being here on the East coast, you know, and close to Annapolis, no big deal for, for Navy and army to kind of stick around, but, you know, air force has got a flight, you know, a predetermined flight to catch. And so, you can't just rely on having a playoff because of, because of those schedules to, to catch flights and, and get back to school and, and, and do all that. So kind of a, a, certainly a brutal, brutal way for Navy to uh, come, come in second and, and, and lose the inaugural commander in chief's cup to the black Knights, but uh, certainly a valiant effort, as you mentioned, to, to come back in the final day and, and, you know, hat tip to Keegan Shreves, uh, the captain of the Navy team for, pulling across the individual title for the commander in chief's uh, cup and the uh, individual winner. Yeah. A tournament leading 64 over par 1360. Uh, again, 64 over par has often been on the menu for me in one singular round wags. Billy, you said that someone came to you about reorganizing this, bringing it back. You know, how, how did, why you, I mean, what, what kind of, how did you get involved yeah, so it's an RTJ member, a guy named Jeff Renzulli. Uh, as the story goes, he's watching the Army-Navy football game, uh, you know, call it two or three years ago. I can't even remember the exact timeline, but um, and he's a big, big golfer and and he's watching Army-Navy football game. They're talking about the Commander-in-Chief's trophy and, and, and all that for football. And he kind of says to himself, do they have one of these for golf? Like, and he asks a friend of his who knew me, we connected on the phone. I, you know, gave him the story that, that you guys already ran through, you know, we used to, it fizzled out, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, how about we bring it back? And I said, let's keep talking about it. And we just kept, keep talking about it. You know, we got, uh, got, uh, Trey Owens, uh, um, West Point grad from the the mid nineties on the board. Uh, Rich Berglund ha- is not an Air Force grad, but he's got two boys who played golf at at Air Force and are and are pilots now in the Air Force. And so we we kind of got representatives from each school together and kind of put put together a team and and started um, you know working on it. And you know one of the neat things that we did with this event was a collegiate am. Uh, you know, kind of a, a pro-am type type format with the with the mids and the cadets being the the quote pros in the group uh, with three amateur participants. Um, I did participate as an amateur. It got a, a, a mild chuckle and boo out of the crowd when when my team won that. But it, what are you going to do? So it was, uh, you know, we, we used that as a as a fundraising piece, you know, for for the academies um, and to get some more people involved. You know, we had. Uh, Callaway Golf was a big sponsor. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods, uh, Danaher Corporation were, were big sponsors for us, as well as some individual donors and that kind of thing. Uh, a, a lot of graduates got behind this. You know, we had a number of admirals and generals in the crowd for the Collegiate Am uh, retired, and uh, you know, and and even Admiral Buck uh, came out to the dinner festivities after the Collegiate Am on on Sunday night. So it, it was a 
incredibly well received event. And, and I mean, it was just a great honor for me to be a part of bringing it back and, and being part of the team that, that put it together. So what's the plan to keep the momentum going? Um, I, I mean, is it always going to be at Robert Trent Jones course or, I mean, I would imagine army and, and air force will want to have the event closer to their uh, campuses at some point. Absolutely. So we're going to rotate this around. Um, you know, Robert Trent Jones has already said we want it back. Um, you know, their their superintendent, you know, head, head head groundskeeper superintendent said to me, this is the coolest event we've done at RTJ. And, and for those of you listening, you know, they've had President's Cups and, and PGA Tour events and, you, you know, that that kind of thing. So that was a, a pretty resounding, uh, you know, endorsement of the event. And so, I anticipate we will go back to RTJ, but I don't think it'll be, you know, five or eight years from now before we do that. We've got a we've got an unofficial lineup as a board that that, that we're working on that are going to be some pretty special places to go to. We don't have any of that finalized in public yet, but we are going to move it to the fall in 2024. So the next Commander in Chiefs Cup will be mid-October 2024. Uh, and we just kind of looked at the calendar and that just made more sense for the schools, made more sense for golf course availability. You know, we don't have to run up against conference championships and and, and that kind of thing um, for this. But it will be at some special golf courses, Bill, and, and um, you know, names names that the whole world recognizes if we do it right. And so, I mean, are you kind of the chairman, if you will, of the organization? I mean, what, what would be your... Is there an official board uh, and does that board include Army Air Force reps? Yeah, you got it. So I am not the chairman. The, the guy that I mentioned, Jeff Renzulli, he's the president of the board, um, chairman of the board. And, and we created the Service Academies Golf Foundation. So so we have a 501c3 that we're running this event through. And um, yeah, like I'm on the board and there is an army, you know, an army grad and, a, and, a, and an Air Force representative on the board as well. So there's five of us kind of on the board. Um, and then, um, you know, like I said, we are a 501 C three. So, and, and the proceeds go to the golf programs. Like that is our, our mission is to, you know, put on a first class event. And then what we have left over, we're making donations back to the, to the golf programs at each of the three service academies. And, um, you know, we've started talking about how do we get, you know, women's teams at, uh, army and air force so that we can expand it to, to a women's competition as well. And, um, you know, have, have those teams involved. And so, so the, you know, those are in the five, 10 year plans kind of as well. So, um, if, if you want to know more about it, you can go to cincup.com, syncup.com. And, um, we have swag there. You can, you can purchase for a donation and, and that kind of proceeds will, will eventually kind of, like I said, trickles back to the academies, not only just in this experience that, that, you know, we, we paid for the experience, you know, the, 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 the collegiate AM, you know, fundraiser piece paid for all the teams had to do was, was physically get to the golf course. And then from there, everything was, was paid for, for them from lodging and food and beverage and golf and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, like I said, we'll make a, a donation once we close the books this year back to each Academy and their, and their golf programs. Well, Billy, I, I'll tell you, we appreciate what you continue to do for your for your alma mater, for the game of golf. Um, and and this was just a really special, uh, special week. I'm glad that the weather cooperated. Some of the pictures are just utterly eye-watering. 
Um, and, and then hopefully the next time this goes down, you're, you're right. I never thought with so many strokes and that many rounds that you'd have a tie. Uh, I still think we sung uh, second, you know, with uh, Shreve's finishing first. That should be the tiebreaker. So my unofficial rule book is, uh, is now published. But Billy, thank you again for what you do. We're going to talk to you here in a couple of weeks uh, for the, uh, as we preview the Billy Hurley, the Brave Golf Tournament at the Naval Academy Golf Course. So you guys will be hearing from Billy again soon. But Billy, thanks for uh, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Fun to be a part of it. Fun to chat with you guys as always. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Billy Hurley. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we have a great interview with Cindy Tinchel and Ava Yumbino. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends of the Naval Academy Athletic Association. As you'll hear more about in our final segment, Navy baseball wraps up this year's Star Series against Army this weekend as they take on the Black Knights at noon. And then we'll look to finish the year strong with contests against Maryland Eastern Shore, George Mason, and Elon. So be sure to follow the action this weekend as we look to get one more star. And then in those next critical games as they wrap up the season. Speaking of big games, the Army-Navy men's lacrosse game at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is under the lights on Saturday at 7 p.m. as Navy looks to beat Army on senior night. The first 1,000 fans will receive a free light-up baton, and all fans will receive a Beat Army rally towel while supplies last. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the broadcast. What an awesome, awesome segment we have here. We're highlighting the Army-Navy star matches and games that are coming up this coming weekend. Huge, huge weekend in Annapolis. Hopefully the weather cooperates. One team not playing in Annapolis this weekend, but making the roadie up to Highland Falls, New York, is women's lacrosse. And we are so happy to be joined by Coach Cindy Tinchel and freshman phenom Ava Uvino. Um, Rear Admiral Ryan Perry, the Chief of Information for the U.S. Navy and a proud St. Thomas Aquinas grad, will be happy that Ava is on the podcast. But first things first, Coach, you're coming off of a big win over Holy Cross, kind of putting away that BU road trip that resulted in a surprising loss. And now your season, as we've been talking about all year, is right in front of you with Army this weekend and Loyola next weekend. Those were the two teams that you were watching at the beginning of the year. Those are the two teams that are ahead of you in the standings right now. Tell us what to expect on Saturday up in Highland Falls. Well, you know, as you know, for for our team, it's it is an exciting moment. You know, um, and we're always looking for the the next opportunity to step out on the field as Navy women's across. So to have this um, opportunity once again. Um, and to go up to Army and compete, you know, is, is, is really what, you know, competition and, you know, the 2023 season is all about, is this opportunity for Navy to step out on the field against Army. Um, you know, we try not to keep it any more different than any other competition. We know we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. And, you know, um, now I feel like that's what our team is all about and how exciting it will be on Saturday. So coach your record, you know, this year, you've had a very good run of it against the ranked teams, beating a number 18 ranked Richmond team, beating a number 19 ranked uh, Jacksonville team. Um, You know, you, you've got 
the experience, both out of conference and rolling through the Patriot League thus far, what about Army has brought them to their number 16 ranking right now? And what are we going to have to watch out for at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN Plus, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you better tune in. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they, they're, they're having an amazing, you know, incredible you know, season for 2023. Um, you know, early on, they came up with um, big wins like us against Jacksonville. And they beat Rutgers, you know, lost to, to Yale and lost to most recently to Loyola. But yeah, I mean, you know, the service academies, Navy is the front runner in women's lacrosse by starting the program, knowing how valuable and instrumental it is for, you know, excellent student athletes, in particular, someone like Ava to come and, and play at the academy. And certainly, you know, Army had an eye on that, too. Um, you know, they draw two from whether it's former alums from the Army or in the local area of New York. But, um, yeah, I mean, their success is, is very similar to ours. Um, and, you know, the path now leads to Saturday. So, you know, stay tuned. We will indeed. So, Michipan Yobino, I think you're only the second plebe to appear on the podcast. I, I don't know. Chris Ravello is going to have to work on what gift that gets you probably a pat on the back and maybe an extra mate watch in the hall. Um, but, you know, walk our listeners through how you arrived at the Naval Academy. Was it always your dream, you know, to play lacrosse here? And how, how would you evaluate your first year? Because the stats say you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I came here the same way everyone else does. You go to plebe summer, uh, it's no different than what anyone else does on or off the team. Um, and I think the success that we've had as a team is it's, it's incredible and I'm really excited and I'm proud to be a part of the team that I'm on. And I, I've been just been having a good time and, you know, you're talking about my stats and all that stuff, but it's just a reflection of my coaching staff and my teammates, especially the senior leadership. They've done a really good job this year at um, maintaining and developing a new culture that I think is a testament to the success we've had so far. So Ava, have you hit a wall at all? Have you noticed, you know, anything, you know, in the course of your evolution as a student and an athlete during plebe year? We talk a lot about how, you know, the physical mission at the Naval Academy, it's iron sharpening iron. It's, it's making you a better student, a better athlete, a better midshipman, but it's also still plebe year and it's tough. And whether you're <laughs> at team tables or not, you're still a plebe. So how have you felt like you've, gotten comfortable and and are you starting to feel any fatigue as we get late in the season or is this just is this just what you do you're an elite athlete yeah I mean it's definitely kind of funny like you know you go on the road and we have like a big win or it's like we have a win against Jacksonville or something really cool like that and it's like I go back to the locker room and I put on my PT gear and I tuck in my shirt and like all my teammates are laughing at me but it's just it's part of the gig here and you got to embrace it um and I think it's it's kind of cool, you know. It's something unique that not every other freshman at a normal college is going through. It's a little silly sometimes, but it's definitely fun. It makes it all worth it for sure. Well, no one motivated their socks better than midshipman fourth class Cervello. Um, I know I know that he has a question for you as well. He is coming to us live from your home state in Florida. Chris, go ahead. <laughs> hey, thanks, John. I, I actually have a question for, uh, question for the coach first, and then Ava. 
Coach, as you prep for this week, is it any different for you prepping for Army um, as it as opposed to any other game? Do you feel like you need to either calm the team down or, you know, I'm sure it's not about focus because for them it is Army, but what's different about a, an Army match as opposed to the other, uh, you know, games that you prep for? You know, you know, our coaching staff, we, we really, we, we want it to be about Navy and, and, and our women, our team prep. We, we know that um, it's exciting for the whole student body and the midshipmen, you know, to, to know that we're going up to Army and playing. And, and that's where the excitement comes. But, you know, a, a, a kind of a, a really confident, you know, assertive, you know, calm, you know, team, you know, we just, we really do try to focus in on ourselves. Um, but, you know, we get, we, we get caught up in the excitement. We've had, you know, our commandant come by and speak to us yesterday as a team, you know, it really does embrace, you know, in my mind, what competition's all about, you know, and it's really a kind of a discovery of, you know, who we are as a team. And like, like I said in the very beginning, to step out on the field and have this other opportunity, another opportunity, is really what Navy Women's Lacrosse is all about. But, you know, I appreciate the question. Yeah, because there's a lot of hype about it, as, as there should be. There's a lot of excitement when Navy Women's Lacrosse steps out on the field. And certainly now against Army, there's a tremendous amount of excitement. You know, we want to have fun. We want to keep it light and, you know, keep the focus there. And I, I, I believe we've achieved that going into this weekend. You have a part two, I think. What was that? I was going to, well, I was going to turn to Ava and ask okay. her from, from her perspective uh, as a plebe, uh, John said freshman phenom. I, I can't come up with a superlative that goes with plebe. So we'll have to stick <laughs> with freshman phenom, but you know, what, what does this mean for you, Ava? I mean, you're, you know, it's gotta be a little different. Um, you know, you played big games in high school. You, you've uh, performed at a high level thus far. What does it mean to go up there and, and face Army for the first time? I think it's really special. Um, I think Coach Brooke this week has been preaching, like, you know, we're going up there for a big occasion, but you're playing for the game. So not to get caught up in, like, you know, like, there's a lot of hype. There's, like, oh, Bridget Duffy, oh, the big draw girl, oh, it's Michelle Tumalo. And it's really sick that, like, they're able to do all that, too. Um, big credit to them. You know, they're doing the same thing that we do over here. Um, but I'm really excited. I've never been a part of something, you know, I have like high school rivalries, but this is Army Navy and you get to see it kind of in the fall with the football team and what that means to the school as a whole. So be able to like do it myself with my team, I think is really special and I'm really excited for it this weekend. So Ava, before we let you go, because we know you have watch and we're respectful of that. I mean, you've already been fried for a major today for showing up late, so not a big deal. Um, but <laughs> you're coming off of a Holy Cross game where you had four goals and three assists. There were earlier games this season that Bill Wagner made reference to where you were just an assist machine. Um, do you like to be a distributor of the ball more or a scorer of the ball? How, how are you complimenting your teammates? Because I, I know the likes of, of Messonese and Beardmore and, and Lily Denton appreciate you feeding them so that they can, so that they can tickle the net a little bit, but where is your strength as a player? Honestly, I, I don't like wherever the team needs, if they need me to pass, if they need me to score, it really doesn't matter if I'm not scoring, if I'm not passing, if I'm literally just getting the draw, like that doesn't matter. Um, or if I'm not doing anything and I'm just cheering for my teammates and I'm like the hype girl that day, like, 
whatever I can do. Um, all that matters is that Navy wins, and that's what I'm hoping to do this Saturday. All that matters is that Navy wins. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is a T-shirt. Um, and Chip and Yavino will probably try to give you some royalties of that. I'm sure there's something legal that says that we can. So, sorry. Um, but so, so happy to have you on the pod. Congratulations on an awesome season so far, both you and Coach, and good luck against Army, and then Loyola after that. Coach, as we go out, the 2.30 game will be over somewhere around 4, 4.30-ish on the bus. Are you making plans to watch the men's game against oh, uh, Army on the way oh, home? Absolutely. We'll get our hotspots going um, so we can, you know, witness, an, you know, another amazing game. It's kind of like our little mini doubleheader. We're up there, you know, as soon as our game's over, the men are going to be warming up to play. So, yeah, John, it's, it's, it, it, it's an exciting day for Navy sports, for, for the Navy men's team, and for Navy women's lacrosse. Well, I know that Chris and I will be tuning in at uh, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. I would make the trip up to, uh, to my old stomping grounds at Army, but I just dislike that place too much. So we will watch on TV. <laughs> Go Navy, beat Army in lacrosse. Coach Cindy Timschel, Midshipman Ava Yovino, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to break. When we come back, Chris and I and Wags are going to bring this baby out. We're going to talk about a really special event for baseball this weekend and tell you what else is on the horizon. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, fans, one more set of announcements. Hey, speaking of women's lacrosse, the Navy women's lacrosse team hosts in-state rivals Loyola Friday, April 28th at 6 p.m. in what will be the last home contest of the regular season. The first 100 fans will receive a free Navy umbrella hat. And as always, all Navy women's lacrosse games are free to attend. Speaking of tickets, Navy football season tickets are now on sale and the schedule is out and it looks great. The six game home slate is highlighted by the Service Academy rivalry game with Air Force on Saturday, October 21st. So get those tickets by visiting NavySports.com today. And finally, if you're a Navy fan, you expect to win in everything you do on and off the field of competition. Well, the Navy Blue and Gold provides supplemental resources necessary to assist our coaches and midshipmen to realistically pursue the highest level of success. Be a part of that effort. Visit NavySports.com for more information and join the team behind the team. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Um, as we talked about in the opening, this weekend is Army-Navy baseball. Uh, like Wag said, winner take all, top of the table, um, but also you know trying to get that star that uh, you know that has eluded Navy baseball for a little while now. Uh, but there's going to be a really special event um, on the yard and at the baseball game um, on Saturday, and we're really really happy to be joined. Uh, by class of 02 grad Dominic Nicolini. He was the captain of the 2002 baseball season or baseball team. And uh, this Saturday, uh, Dominic, you've got a really special event taking place to honor Andy Freustad. Uh, first of all, tell us, or welcome to the pod and thank you for joining us. Second of all, can you tell us a little bit more about what's going to take place on Saturday? Yeah, thanks, John. I really appreciate you all and, and what you do for, for Navy and Navy sports and for having me on. Um, 
Yeah, so so uh, uh, Saturday, obviously, just a big day on the <laughs> in Annapolis for Navy sports, but but really one close to my heart and my teammates' heart. Uh, a little over two years ago, um, our teammate uh, Andy Freustag, class of two thousand four, uh, passed away. It was January uh, of uh, January of twenty twenty one. Passed away suddenly in his home, uh, leaving behind a. a his wife, Angie, and three children, and uh, really sent um, just ripples through the Navy baseball family, as well as his classmates and shipmates from, from the fleet. And, um, uh, and, and just making it much, much more difficult at that time was the height of COVID. And Andy, Andy lived in Minnesota. Uh, not only could, uh, was it very difficult for any of us to get out there and, 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 and remember him and celebrate and make it to, the, uh, to his services, uh, also, I'm sure you all remember that there was really very little spectators on the yard for sports, if any. Uh, I think the season might have been suspended at some point, and uh, we didn't even have a chance to really honor him at, at, the, at, the, at the baseball field like we wanted to. And, and so anyway, my, my teammates and classmates and I have been talking about it for a while and uh, about doing something. And so anyway, finally, we've uh, working along with uh, NAAA, uh, the, uh, the Alumni Association and then Coach Costi in the baseball program, uh, we are having a Navy Baseball Alumni Day on Saturday uh, uh, during, for the Army-Navy baseball game. And uh, it's open to all alumni, of course, but, but we are honoring Andy, uh, Andy's family. We are dedicating a seat at the stadium in his honor. And uh, we plan on having uh, his wife, Angie, and three kids uh, being honored on the field between games and, and uh, throwing out the first pitch for the second game. About 22 members of the Freustad family making the trek um, from Minnesota as well, you know, which is just a testament to the life that this, that this man led. You know, can you explain a little bit more about, about who Andy was, uh, Dominic? You know, a lot of people might just remember him as a big, big right-hander, uh, <laughs> several times named Patriot League Pitcher of the Week, great teammate. Mm. Uh, large personality, but you know who, who really was he to you and your teammates? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Andy, you're right. When you read his bio and you see there that, I mean, he started all four years on the mound as a starting pitcher, which is, I don't care what sport you are in, especially as a starting pitcher to take the ball and go out there. Um, in uh, 2002, which was my senior year, Andy's uh, youngster year, Went undefeated in Patriot League play. Actually, he did that in 2003 also. So think about that. Undefeated in Patriot League play two years in a row and the tourney. Uh, just took the ball and went. And, uh, and, and on the mound, he, he threw from different angles. He Over the top, sidearm, he threw a little frisbee. He just competed. And, uh, and it was a lot about his personality because he was from Minnesota, uh, the Twin Cities area. Grew up playing hockey, was a goalie. Uh, so just a tough kid who did whatever he had to do to compete, right? He was competing every pitch, every inning, uh, and, 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 and wanted to win. But, um, you know, you look past the bio of who Andy, who Andy was and anybody who was a friend or teammate of him, when you mention Andy's name, will just laugh. He was one of the funniest guys I knew. Um, he was, would say what was on his mind, could make anybody laugh, would make my parents laugh, would make the coaches laugh. Um, in fact, I think he made it difficult on coaches sometimes because they were, you know, anytime Andy opened his mouth, they just wanted to laugh because of his, his, his personality. Um, 
And, uh, but he did it in a respectful way where, where everyone, everyone really looked up to him. Even the older guys uh, 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 looked up to him, uh, probably because of his leadership on the field and, and just the, the levity of the situation. Look, we're at the Naval Academy. We're there to, we're there to, to, to become future officers and serve. And, and, yes, we're there to compete in baseball, but it's really a chance to have fun. Um, but, you know, really, <laughs> one of my best memories of Andy and, and is uh, uh, every year um, – uh, when I was when I was at the academy, and and, and doesn't t- uh, take place anymore, unfortunately. But every year I was there, we went out to Memphis, or actually Millington, Tennessee, for the service academy tournament. Uh, and every year, a small group of midshipmen would go to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Um, and uh, my senior year, because I was the captain, I was chosen to go and 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 bring some other folks with us. And and usually it was seniors, maybe. And uh, anyway, Andy went with us. We said, ah, we're going to bring Andy. Andy's the life of the party. He's going to make everybody laugh. And, um, I was a little uncomfortable. It was very difficult being there with, with children in, in, in difficult situations. And the children are happy. They were, they wanted autographs. They wanted pictures. And it was just, it was a little difficult, you know, for me and maybe some others. And, um, these kids laughed at Andy so hard. I thought that, I mean, at some point the doctors were like, all right, that's enough. Um, you know, he's, you know, these kids, these kids need to relax. Andy's getting a little too fired up. Um, so that was just that was just who Andy who Andy was and as a as a teammate friend and human being and um and uh you know one another amazing thing about Andy uh, uh was what I learned after you know this unfortunate event happened and uh there were folks reaching out to me from the fleet from Hawaii from the Twin Cities uh, uh friends neighbors and saying you know, uh, 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 oh wow, I served with Andy on on um, you know out in Pearl Harbor, or uh, uh, I knew Andy from you know his some of his classmates that weren't baseball players reaching out to us, and so uh, the fact that you know I'm not surprised that 22 22 Freud are coming out from Minnesota, um, but we I think we should be in the neighborhood of having 50 baseball alumni there, plus their families, plus the Freud and. Um, I'm thinking it could be over 150, 200 guests there, uh, on the, on the, uh, batting cage in left field, uh, there to, to root on the, the mids as they, as you said, I mean, it's a very important series. Uh, I think, uh, uh second place is important because I guess you get the host in the first round now, but then, you know, Hey, you, you take, you take the, take, you sweep them and you got a chance for first. So it's, it's going to be a great day for everybody. Well, Dominic, you've, you've kind of told me everything I need to know about the, uh, about the bonds, uh, of, of of teammates, you know, I'll let, I'll let Wags take us out with the final questions, but, but I, I sincerely appreciate what you're doing. We talk about what the physical mission gives and gives back um, and, and the bonds of, of teammates and you, you know, not leaving a teammate behind and making sure uh, that he is recognized just means so much to me. And, and again, um, you know, just tells me everything I need to know about the physical mission. Wags. Well, I was just going to ask how many, uh, Former teammates of Andy's will be able to make it to this event over the weekend. How many alums that knew him will be able to turn out? Have you got a feel for that? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, oh, so that would be so. Oh, one, I believe out of two thousand one class, there's five. Uh, two thousand two, which is my class, maybe five or six, and then uh, maybe four from two thousand and three, uh, and then and then a couple from oh five. So I would say out of his direct teammates, uh, those are that I know of. Um, uh, that I've been in touch with. Maybe there's some others that are going to be last minute, but I have his direct teammates that you're, you're talking probably a neighborhood of 15 or so plus their families. Um, I, uh, um, you know, I've had people reach out to me that are Oh four that are not 
baseball players that are going. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the contingent that played with Andy, knew Andy, um, uh, uh, I guess I didn't mention this, John didn't mention this, I was, I was a catcher, so I caught Andy, right? And, and, and uh, uh, Dave Woolsey is one of my uh, uh, close friends uh, who was also a catcher. We split time pretty much 50-50 when we were there. Uh, he's going to be there, too. He's caught Andy. Uh, 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 Brian Pinnell, who uh, was another pitcher uh, um, who was kind of the, the leader of the staff, he kind of kept, kept the guys in line. He was a taskmaster uh, and, and, and really thought of, of Andy as a, hate to say, probably, I don't know, little brother, uh, whatnot, but uh, uh, he'll be there also. So a lot of the guys that, that, that had a, a day-in-and-day-out interaction with Andy um, are, will, will be there. That's great. That's great. So – I think this could be some good karma. I bet you anything, Andy beat Army once during his career. Don't you figure? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, heck, I don't even know how many times he pitched against him, but I'm 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 pretty darn sure he did. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I you know I'm trying to think. I, I don't know exactly, but of course you can look these things up. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find it, uh, and I'll look it up before Saturday. I will. I'll, I'll make sure I know. I'll know the date. But um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he did, definitely didn't lose to him when I was there. <laughs> I can tell you that much because uh, he didn't lose in the Patriot League. Right. Well, that's, it'll bring some good luck to Navy, I think. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, and, and, you know, when we put this together too, Wags, I didn't realize that um, it is, um, that the Army-Navy lacrosse game is going to be that evening. And uh, uh, adding on to that, you know, baseball, baseball and lacrosse, uh, uh, guys at the academy, we, we, we were close because we had the same season, right? Uh, off season and uh, uh, um, regular season, we worked out together in the off season. Uh, so I tend to have a lot of friends on the team and by, you know, and same thing with Andy. And so a lot of, there's a lot of lacrosse guys that are going to be coming in for the game, some of which are my, my real good friends who were on the fence. They said, ah, I might go. And I said, well, we're all going to be there uh, uh, for the baseball game to, to remember Andy. And so they're going to come into town early and be there. So uh, just, a, just will be an incredible weekend from that. So I, I, hope, I hope it kind of goes both ways, right? I hope some of the lacrosse guys come out to the, to the baseball field and some of the baseball guys stay behind to, to go to the stadium afterwards. Well, I know I'll be out there, uh, Dominic. I can't wait to meet you in person. Yeah, we'll get into your bio uh, the next <laughs> time you're on the pod, but you, you've gone on and, and with the lessons you learned as a Naval Academy grad, you're now in, in a great leadership position, you know, working for Morgan Stanley here locally. So thank you for what you do, um, you know, for, for your teammate here and, and, uh, and we'll see you on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, John. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Wags. And, and anytime, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it, and, and, and we'll be listening as always. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dominic Nicolini of the Navy baseball team, Class of 02. Please, please, please come out on Saturday. The first game is at noon. Apparently, the weather is going to hold off and at least keep the, the time period in between Game 1 and Game 2 safe so we can have this uh, amazing event. Uh, I think by the time the men's lacrosse game goes at seven, it's going to be U-G-L-Y ugly. Uh, but again, please come out and support Navy baseball this weekend. We'll be there too. Hey, we are going to take this baby out. It's been a long one, but totally worth it. Uh, Wags, I know I'm going to be uh, watching Navy women's lacrosse at 2.30 after the baseball events uh, and going out to rugby. What are you looking forward to this weekend before we take it to the show? John, this is a Absolutely action-packed weekend. Baseball, Army-Navy. Women's lacrosse up there at West Point. Then the men's lacrosse under the lights at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. I am just so excited. And rugby continuing what I believe is a crusade to capture the national championship. And I didn't weigh in on that, but 
wow, when I, I was at the stadium waiting for that rain delay to end, and I was like, what's going on with Army, Navy, rugby? And I texted you, and you're like, it was an absolute stomping. And I was so psyched because I'm just like, I love it. What better way to start the playoff run than to beat the piss out of Army? So that was really great. And I, so I'm looking forward to watching rugby move on. And I have one thing I have to be thankful for, John. The, the Navy Lacrosse Brotherhood is honoring me on Saturday night before the game for my 30 years of covering Navy Lacrosse. They're be making me an honorary member of the Navy Lacrosse Brotherhood. I don't know that that's such a good idea, but I'm very uh, humbled by this. Uh, you know, I want to thank Jeff Johnson and Sid Abernathy were two of the former Navy lacrosse players who were instrumental in making this happen. So I would love for you to come by the superintendent's tent when I'm getting honored. So you can be there and, and uh, uh, watch this really nice honor that I'm getting. Wouldn't miss it for the world wags. And, uh, so, so deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't talk about it enough, but the value of this podcast is the journalism that WAGS continues to deliver about Navy sports. You get no better coverage than what WAGS does. Um, so with that, we'll bring you some photos. Might even get a photo or a video of WAGS crying when this happens, because we all know he's a gigantic softie. But thank you so much to Dominic Nicolini. Thank you very much to the Freustad family for allowing us to talk about uh, Andy and this amazing event that's going to happen on Saturday. Thanks to Billy Hurley for coming on and talking about the Sink Cup and Coach Timschel and Ava Yovino. Good luck to them as they go up and kick the shit out of Army in Highland Falls. For Wags and Chris, I'm John. This has been Sink Second Sports. We'll see you on the flip. We're out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.